Can I get a drum roll, please? Because this is big. It's time for the Xfinity Best Deal of the Year. We're talking huge savings. And ask about even more savings when you add Xfinity Mobile. Okay, that's it. Now you can hit the... There we go. That's simple, easy, awesome. Hurry, our best deal of the year won't last long. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Stoop Time. It's me, Ian McLaren. And if you hear any rumbling in the background, there's uh, some work being done uh, in the basement right now, bathroom. So forgive me if you hear any background noise, drilling, putting up. I don't even know. I'm not a big uh, renovation person and uh, don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to that sort of stuff. But please excuse the noise in the background. Uh, today is a very special episode. Uh, I'll be joined in a few minutes by none other than Kelly McDavid, who is the mother of uh, the greatest player in hockey, Connor McDavid. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to her yesterday as she's doing some work with Febreze uh, about, you know, getting stink out of hockey equipment. Uh, but she's also, uh, you know, raising awareness about uh, kids in hockey and how to help kids um, get the equipment that they need and, and skates uh, to make hockey more accessible for everyone. And it's a great thing that she's doing. And, and we had a great chat yesterday. So I'll get to that in a moment. Before I do a uh, few things, I wanted to encourage you all to listen to the previous episode with uh, Rich Peverly who is, of course, a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, he works with the Dallas Stars. Uh, and it's a long time in the, the making that episode. I've been trying to connect with him for a while, and we finally were able to chat a couple weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to that already, uh, please do. Also, I'd encourage you to uh, rate and review the podcast if uh, you listen on iTunes or if your podcast provider offers that option. It goes a long way to towards getting the podcast uh, out there and more widely listened to. So if you're able to do that, I would really much appreciate it. And finally, the Patreon page you can visit as well. It's uh, patreon.com slash McLaren. And if you feel so inclined, you can uh, support the podcast uh, financially as well uh, so that I can get better equipment and uh, be able to continue to upload the podcast to SoundCloud, things like that. Um, this is a fun thing for me to do, but it's also a way to, to help, uh, yeah, just share conversations with you, share some important things and also to, uh, get a little side hustle going for my family. So if you can support in that way, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, before we get to my conversation with Kelly McDavid, I just wanted to share this great uh, article from, it was from 2015 actually, just a bit after uh, Connor was selected first overall. It's by Marty Klinkenberg. It was published in the Globe and Mail. And just to give a little bit of context here um, as to where, who Kelly McDavid is 
and where she's coming from. And I'll just pick it up here um, after Klinkenberg talks about how McDavid was uh, selected first overall. He writes, it's hard to imagine this rare outcome when a child straps on skates on a dreary winter morning in any one of the cold, dank rinks scattered like snowflakes across Canada. Through hundreds of hours of drills and countless forgettable games, tens of thousands of parents warm their hands and stomp their frozen feet as their cherry-cheeked offspring partake in a pastime that for many becomes a lifelong obsession and for an exceptional few a vocation. There is great joy in seeing children learn discipline and sportsmanship and watching them grow through the jubilation and pain of winning and losing, but there is not a lot of hope that they will advance beyond that. There are 494,000 youths registered to play minor hockey in Hockey Canada, and only about half of the 690 players in the NHL are Canadian. That means for every 1,000 kids, there may be one or two whose talent is noteworthy, and among them, only a fraction will get a whiff of the NHL. In minor hockey, responsibilities fall on parents, lugging gear, driving to practice in the darkness before dawn, tying skates that are just right only when they are uncomfortably tight, and paying handsomely for equipment that has outgrown from one fall to the next. Division of labor varies. In two-parent households, gender stereotypes are often still evident. Dads tote their kids' bags into stuffy arenas while moms nurse their aspiring Gretzky's bruises and heal their emotional wounds. As Connor McDavid grew up, it was his father who helped develop his skills and his mother, Kelly, who helped nurture his heart. People keep asking what we did to keep him so grounded, and I think about it, and I really don't know, Kelly McDavid said back then. We used to drive long distances in the car with our boys, and that provided great opportunities to talk. Cameron, Connor's brother, and I, Kelly, had music in common, but with Connor, sometimes it would take a while for things to come out. I was the one he would talk to if there was something bothering him. I think boys sometimes are afraid to talk about certain things with their father. They don't ever want to disappoint their dad. If you think sending your baby off to college is gut-wrenching, try packing one off to the NHL. It's hard to think about your teenager running afoul of tough customers like Dustin Bufflin or Zdeno Chara. Kelly said, I feel a bit overwhelmed when I think about the upcoming season. That would have been his rookie season. There's going to be so much pressure on him, it makes me anxious. For now, I'm keeping that at an arm's length. I have cherished the weekends we have had together this summer, and I realize we may not have many more. And then she said, to me, he's still the same normal kid with the messy room that he has always been. So that's just a, a little introduction to, to Kelly McDavid and uh, some thoughts that she had shared back then when, when Connor was just entering the NHL. And now a few years later, he's already won some awards and, and set a new NHL record, as I mentioned at the off the top of the interview. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy this interview uh, with her and... Uh, I'll come back and wrap things up uh, afterwards. Uh, Kelly McDavid, thank you so much for, for taking some time to chat today. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. So you're you're in Toronto today, I understand? I am. And uh, what, have, what have you been doing so far today? We've been doing a uh, media tour today 
to um, talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's uh, hockey and trying to get more kids on the ice. So um, I partnered with Febreze, and we are asking Canadians to donate their gently used skates so that we can get more kids skating and playing the game that we love so much. Oh, great. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, first, obviously, uh, you must be so proud of how uh, Connor is playing so far this season. He, he already broke an NHL record to begin the season. And uh, just wondering how often you actually get to watch his games living in Ontario and him playing in Edmonton. Is it, do you tune into all the games or record them or is the time difference uh, too prohibitive to, to watch? Uh, we were just out in Edmonton actually for the home opener and the Saturday game. So that was great. Um, you know, we get to the local games, we'll go to the Buffalo game, the Toronto game, um, and then we'll probably get out to Edmonton a few more times, but that's about all that we'll see live. Um, and then we do try to watch as many as we can, you know, other than the fact that we do have a bit of a life. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's great to have our phones so we can either watch on our phones whenever we're out and about, or at least we can get updates and, and see them. Um, the ones that are killer are the ones that are on, you know, the West Coast at 10 or 10:30 at night our time. Those are yeah. the those are the killers. I know. I know. For myself, just as a hockey fan, his his games are definitely as must see as possible, and and definitely the Eastern Conference games that are easily to tune yeah. into. I'll try to watch, and it's just so so exciting to watch him play, even if he's playing the teams that that we root for. It's it's so fun just to watch him watch him uh, watch him play uh, for myself i have um three sons oh, and wow. two of them are already playing uh in a development league uh here okay. in guelph they're playing it's a program called stanley stick and we're we're very happy with it it's it's a great program they actually play sometimes at the uh the local ohl rink so it's neat for them to to be able to skate on ice that some future nhlers m- might mm-hmm. play on yeah that's and, a great thing uh, i love that right Mm-hmm, yeah, and uh, we, my wife and I, just feel it's very important to to have them play hockey. And uh, uh, in your experience, what what do you think is the importance of hockey in a child's development? Well, I think playing sports like hockey, um, or even any other uh, sport that um, you know is is uh, extracurricular is. It's so positive in a child's development. I think, you know, it's so good for their sense of community, their their communication skills, their their self-confidence, their, you know, time management skills. And these are all skills that they will use for the rest of their of their lives. And, you know, I just think it's it's an important part um, of their whole development to uh, to get these opportunities. Right. Yes. And uh, I know something in our experience is that hockey is, uh, you know, obviously expensive. And uh, Mm -hmm. my wife and I, just, uh, you know, normal uh, married couple living here in Guelph, we'd be hard pressed uh, to sign up our boys if uh, we didn't have used equipment or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, equipment that luckily we have some neighbors down the street who, uh, go on the same school bus as our boys, and, and they gave us, um, you know, helmets and mm-hmm. elbow pads, pretty much everything except right. for shorts, uh, even skates they were able to give up to us. Um, 
What do you think can be done to offset the high cost of hockey and to make it more accessible to families uh, with lower incomes or who are less fortunate in, in Canada and in the U.S. And, and elsewhere as well? Mm-hmm. That is a, that's a tough thing. Um, you know, I was thinking about this last night and, you know, obviously programs like um, the Febreze program uh, to donate skates to kids is great. Um, but there are other programs out there, such as Jumpstart, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's others. And I think, you know, I think minor hockey associations would be great if they could advertise those, um, mm-hmm. those initiatives to families. And I think that they would get probably more uh, families to sign up because then they would have um, resources in order to get the equipment right and I think that they should offer some kind of rebate to those families or you know offer some kind of I don't know payment plan or help or or something um, to get more kids on the ice I think would be would be great Mm -hmm. yeah even as you're talking even some sort of equipment sharing exactly yeah Kijiji and, or something like that just for equipment sharing would be and great. it would be great if the hockey associations would organize things like that you know I think that would be a great thing for them to do in their communities mm-hmm. and even something maybe even talks to kind of maybe some kids feel that they need to have the newest skates or a $200 stick or things like that but just to kind of break down that not yeah. maybe stigma is the wrong word but just that uh you know pressure to have have the newest things the hockey yeah. hockey gear can can withstand a lot and to be able to pass it down is there's no yeah. uh nothing that, there's no think. shame in that for sure and i think yeah. you know i think if the kids really want to play and they're they're really committed to playing that you know they don't care and i think they just want it they want the equipment to be to be able to get out and play so um i think you know sometimes if the kids are too concerned about you know having the latest and greatest that you know maybe it might not be the right sport for them but um you know just happy to to get out and play and 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 have equipment i think should be the the goal right uh, now, also, the game of hockey isn't the most uh, diverse sport in the world either. Um, what do you think in terms of how the game can be opened up further for, say, uh, people of color or, or new Canadians, uh, all genders, the mm-hmm. LGBTQ community? How, is there anything do you think mm-hmm. that hockey or hockey culture can do to be to be more open to kind of non-traditional hockey players? Mm-hmm. Again, you know, I think it's up to the local hockey associations to really um, encourage everybody to participate. And if that's, um, again, offering rebates or, you know, um, offering to give um, hockey equipment to these families that, you know, aren't able to afford it or aren't able to, um, uh, you know, be able to find the time or or whatever the the barriers are i mean i think the the local hockey associations uh owe it to their communities to try to reach as many of those people as they possibly can and try to help them get get on the ice right yeah yeah i agree 
Um, just a couple more questions that I had. What uh, What are your top tips? This is something that uh, my wife and I are thinking about as we prepare for hockey each week and, and opening up their bo the boys' hockey bags and, and just getting hit with that, uh, with that smell. What, what are your top tips for, for getting ahead of that uh, hockey bag odor? Definitely have Febreze fabric refresher extra strength on hand. Um, yeah. yeah, that's always been my go-to. And, you know, certainly if you've been to a hockey tournament and you've been stuck in a hotel room with the kids and and the hockey equipment, you know how bad that, that can be. Um, you know, when you're back-to-back -back, uh, practices and uh, games and the kids just want to leave their hockey equipment out in the hallway, I mean, you have to air it out, you know, otherwise it's going to get moldy. So you have to be able to lay it out in order to dry out. And then I would always spray it with Febreze fabric refresher and, you know, it would uh, definitely help. Okay. Oh, yeah, great. Yep. I'll add that to our, our shopping list this week for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's all the, the questions that I had for you. Is there anything else that, that you wanted to mention today or? Um, just a reminder to go to the Febreze Facebook page to find a location um, nearest to you in order to donate your gently used hockey skates before December 3rd. Great. I will, uh, I'll add a link to that as well when I, when I post this. And uh, just want to thank you for taking some time today to, to chat. Uh, thank you. Like I said, I, uh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention my, my six-year-old son just yesterday before school sparked a debate as to whether or not Connor was actually the greatest player in hockey today. And, and he made quite a compelling argument to his classmates. So uh, just <laughs> me being able to wake up and show him some highlights from the night before. Okay. Uh, you know, Connor is definitely, uh, you know, getting kids excited about hockey and uh, yeah. getting them to watch watch hockey more. And uh, just as a, a Canadian and a hockey fan, I, I'm certainly uh, thankful for his example to to young kids out there. So oh, thank um, you. I'm sure that uh, I know that parenting plays a huge role in that, and mm -hmm. and uh, having supportive parents and and people who set a good example in the game is so important. So. Oh, thank you uh, I'm, very much. I'm positive that you deserve a lot of credit for that. So oh, just know you. that making an impact right. in the lives of hockey kids. And uh, yeah. Well, that's very Thanks nice. so much. Thank for you very much. And have a great rest of the day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That was my chat with Kelly McDavid. And uh, as she mentioned, uh, please do go check out the Febreze Facebook page so that you can uh, find the nearest place to donate some gently used skates. Uh, like I mentioned in in the uh, interview, uh, my our boys have greatly benefited from uh, neighbors who gave them a whole whack of equipment, uh, used equipment. Um, I think the only thing we've bought in brand new for them were some sticks and uh, shorts, like jock shorts. Otherwise, all the, the shoulder pads, helmets, uh, elbow pads, pants, uh, and skates, uh, they were all uh, given to us by neighbors. And uh, we've gone to play it against sports to find some, uh, some other things that they've needed, um, which is also a great place. Um, so yeah, if you can donate skates or if you have older kids now who, uh, who's have outgrown their equipment and you know someone that would appreciate it or could use 
those hand-me-downs. There's, there's no point just having all that stuff just sitting in our garages. If we can share it, then uh, I think we can, and I think that would be a great thing. Just a couple of pop culture things to to wrap up the podcast. I always like to, to touch on those things. I posted yesterday uh, my favorite albums of 2018 so far, part two. I posted part one uh, a few months ago. I, I think I already spoke about that on the podcast. But just a few things that I'm listening to these days that I'm really loving. Uh, Death Cab came out with an album in September that was called Thank You For Today. And... Uh, they remain one of my favorite bands, and uh, the new album I really enjoy. Uh, there's a band called Milo Green uh, that you may or may not have heard of. Lauren and I first heard of them when we went to see the Civil Wars, who are no longer uh, together. Uh, I think it was back in like 2011, maybe. And uh, Milo Green was the opener for the Civil Wars, and they just really blew us away. I bought their CD uh that at that time was just a burn ep that they were selling uh they hadn't even released an full album yet uh they just released adult contemporary which is their third full-length album and it really uh matches more of the sound from what we heard of that show and their first album and i'm really enjoying it tokyo police club is a band that i've uh enjoyed for quite some time now they're they're just really fun and and make good kind of upbeat rock pop music uh canadian band Uh, and their new album is just called tpc and uh yeah check that one out Uh, to be honest i haven't really gotten into the arkells uh until the last couple weeks Uh, i heard them on the jay and dan podcast and they released a new album called rally cry and uh, I am regretting not checking them out sooner. They're actually touring in Canada in February, I believe, with Lord Huron, who released an album earlier this year, and they're one of my favorite bands. I saw them a couple years ago. I think I've talked about it before, how I met Ryan O'Reilly there at that show. Um, and, um, yeah, if you don't know the Arkells, they're probably the biggest band in Canada at this point, and... Their success is is uh, going worldwide as well, so don't be like me and not listen to them. Do check them out. And finally, there's a band. I don't even know how I came across them, but they're called Basement. They're from uh, Ipswich in the UK, in England, I guess. And they have a really great kind of late 90s, uh, sound kind of Jimmy early Jimmy Eat Worldish, I would say they sound a lot like. And their new album is called Beside Myself, and uh, I was grabbed by them just from the first song. It's called Disconnect, and uh, there's a Prodigal Son references in there, and uh, yes, yeah, their fourth their fourth album was released on October twelfth, and. Uh, there's yeah 12 songs on there and I just am really resonating with it. I can't uh, stop listening to them. So if you don't know Basement, I would highly recommend them. There's another small duo called Jenny and Tyler uh, for my more uh, religious or faith-based music people. Um, yeah, they're a husband and wife. They live in the states. They have some a few kids and they're, and they're really trying to 
continue to uh, make make a go of the music biz even when uh, life challenges make it maybe a bit more difficult uh, you can support them on patreon and I highly recommend checking out their album it's not you know just for Christian people or whatever it's it's a really great um, kind of like civil wars ish like I mentioned earlier um, but do check them out I have uh, the link to them on the blog post uh, that I am referencing TV-wise, uh, I'm really enjoying Season 3 of Daredevil, which uh, is kind of the first season I really loved. It was the first Marvel show, but I think it still stood up as probably my favorite, even though you know Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders came along. Punisher I really enjoyed it as well, and that kind of was tied more to... Uh, he came out of season two of, of Daredevil and kind of was more tied to that character. So maybe that's why I enjoyed it more. But season three has been really great so far. I have about four episodes left. And I said on Twitter, the the fight scene in the jail in episode three or four is one of the coolest things I've seen on television. And that tweet uh, got liked quite a lot. And uh, Daredevil Twitter account responded to it because everybody's talking about it. And it's really great. Uh, Lauren and I were not really big uh, horror people either, but we decided last night to check out um, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, obviously very creepy, very scary. A lot of people are talking about it. It's kind of the new cult hit on Netflix. Well, maybe not even that. It's kind of mainstream. Everybody's talking about it. There's articles out there about how people are passing out and throwing up. Uh, I haven't really reached that stage yet, but there were definitely some some jumps in the opening episode, and uh, I also saw a really cool uh, where was that um, article or a blog post on uh, ghosts that you can see kind of in the background. Oh yeah, it's a, it was a vulture article, a haunting of a hill house, all the hidden ghosts you missed, and there's screenshots from each episode of just kind of these creepy faces lurking in the background and it's just very uh very creepy that way but kind of cool to see those uh hidden ghosts in the background so if you haven't checked that out uh, i do recommend it i'm very excited for uh season two of narcos like rich Peverly and i talked about last week and uh there's something else coming in November as well. Oh, I guess the end of uh, House of Cards sans Kevin Spacey. We were going to watch Making a Murderer Season 2, but to be honest, I couldn't really get into it. It didn't seem like... I know there's some new stuff presented with this new lawyer, but uh, I don't know. It might have been better. I know there... Stephen Avery is likely to stay in jail for life, and there won't be a resolution to it, but um, it kind of just seemed like more of the same. And uh, we're also struggling to get through Orange is the New Black. We watched a bit more than half of the latest season, but just not feeling that either. So, yeah, just looking out for fresh stuff. Actually, Walking Dead has been uh, very good under the new showrunner. 
the first few episodes of season nine. It's hard to believe we stuck with it for that long, but we have and don't have any plans of giving it up. Uh, we'll see what happens with Rick. I think he only has two episodes left, so I'm very interested to see uh, if and how he dies or what the outcome of it is with that character. Uh, so yeah, that's I think that's it for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kelly McDavid. Uh, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can at ENC McLaren. And please feel free to visit the Patreon as well, patreon.com slash ENC McLaren. Uh, oh, I'd also suggest or, yeah, if you are able to, check out my stuff on uh, both Fear the Fin. I've been covering the Guelph Storm for them, and specifically Ryan Merkley, who is a uh, first-round pick of the San Jose Sharks. So every Tuesday, I drop a new column on them, and I'm hoping tonight to cover my first game in person there when Guelph takes on Erie. And also, I've been writing some Toronto Maple Leafs stuff for Daily Hive. Uh, I think I have three three posts up there so far. Uh, so please uh, check those out and support my ongoing efforts to remain in the hockey writing world uh, despite doing something else full-time for a living. All right, thanks, friends. Thanks for, for checking out the podcast. Always appreciate everyone who listens. And uh, take care. Talk to you within the next week or two. Bye.